Song of Solomon, Song of Solomon, chapter 7, Song of Solomon, chapter 7, and we're going to read verses 4 through 6 together, uh, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verses 4 through 6, we'll read these verses together, uh, we'll pause at any punctuation, Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verses 4 through 6. Amen. Let's begin. Thy neck is a tower of ivory, thine eyes like the fish pools in Hebron. By the gate of Bathrubium, thy nose is as the tower of Lebanon, which looketh toward Damascus. Thine head upon thee is like Carmel, and the hair of thine head like purple. The king is held in the galleries. How fair and how pleasant art thou, O love, for delights. And let's pray. Father, thank you for the word of God. Lord, all of it was given for us. All of it was given for us to read and to understand and help us tonight as we open another truth. Help us to understand it. But Lord, help us to live it. Lord, you don't give us truths just so our head can get another fact in it. You give us a truth so that we can go out and live it for the rest of our life. So help us to live it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Not many sermons are preached from uh, the book of the Song of Solomon. Uh, That due to the fact that some view the Bible written by men versus by God. You'll, if you have study Bibles, some will say, well, this was written more like a play. This was just to illustrate this. And there's the shepherd's uh, theory and this theory and that. No, God gave us the words for a reason. There's a wonderful truth tucked away in this passage that I want you to get. Uh, this book of Song of Solomon is mainly for married people. It's, it's God's marriage manual, so to speak. Uh, but it's more than just that. The whole Bible is written for everybody. There's nothing wrong, rude, crude, or uh, some things may not always be age appropriate, but as young people get older, it's not inappropriate. But I want you to get a truth tonight that can make you uh, just uh, your whole world come unfolded for you. Let me start by saying this. I believe that I'm a pretty happy person. Uh, I, I generally have a pretty good uh, outlook on life. Number one, I'm spoiled. I get it. Uh, people say I stink. I can't smell anymore, so I don't know. But uh, but I'm, I, I love a lot of people, and I'm loved by probably more people than anybody deserves to be loved by. And the love of Grace Baptist Church is just overwhelming, let me tell you. And I, I'm spoiled by that. I hope someday the people in this church understand how much I love them. Uh, but the book of Song of Solomon is not hard to, to understand. You say, well, I read it and I just don't understand it. Let me help you. And I think this will uh, help you a little bit. People mess up the Bible by trying to think about it how they see it. This is a story about a young couple And they're being instructive about their marriage. God is instructing us about marriage and the marriage relationship. By the way, don't believe these idiots that say, well, it's just a drama. 
that's unfolding. No, uh, it's not a drama that's unfolding. Uh, it was not Solomon trying to steal somebody's bride away from them. Uh, all these other false ideas. But in this passage is a truth that I want you to see. And it's, God uses marriage. I'm going to open it up to more than just marriage uh, because it applies to every area of life. But I think it's a truth that will help you. Now, let me set the stage here. Here is a lady, a young lady, who's describing her husband and her love for him. And he, in turn, is describing his love for her. I want you to notice where we were in uh, Song of Solomon chapter 7. This is the young man speaking in verse number 4. Thy neck is as a tower of ivory. I don't know if that means she had a long neck. <laughs> Thine eyes like fish pools. Brother, if I ever said that to my wife, I'd be in trouble for sure. Amen. I don't know if that means she had blue eyes or what, but... Uh, the, the the one I think is funny is the next one. Thy nose is as a tower of Lebanon. <laughs> that means she had a big schnoz, you know. <laughs> I have no idea. Your nose looks like a tower to me. Uh, but he's using terms that he understands. Uh, thine head upon thee is like caramel. That's a mountain, just so you know. It's not what you eat. Okay. Uh, and the hair of thine head like purple. That's not the purple hair people have today. Uh, and he says, how fair and how pleasant art thou, O love, for delights. Isn't that sweet? Your nose is like a tower. Uh, now, uh, she also uh, describes her love for him. Go back to chapter 5, verse number 9. What is thy beloved more than another beloved, O thou fairest among women? What is thy beloved more than another beloved that thou dost so charge us? My beloved is white and ruddy and the chiefest among ten thousand. His head is of the most fine gold. His locks are bushy, that's me, black as raven. His eyes are as the eyes of doves by the rivers of water, washed with milk and fitly set. His cheeks are a bed of spices, as sweet flowers. His lips like lilies, dropping sweet-smelling myrrh. His hands as gold rings set with burl. His belly as bright ivory overlaid with sapphires. I am not touching that one. And we could go on. And she's talking about things that she understands. Do you see how things are different? Yeah, no fish pools. No nose like a tower, amen? She must have had quite a beak, amen? Uh, here's a lady who describes her husband and her love for him, and she speaks of terms of gold, washing down at the river, milk, spices, flowers, jewels. And she uses terms that are close to her heart. He speaks about things he knows. Fish pools, towers. <laughs> ivory pillars. Uh, obviously, he was in construction, amen? Uh, he got a beak like a buzzard. I mean, uh, <laughs> you were waiting for that one, weren't you? Brother Harry's back there. What's next? What's next? Now, uh, 
you and I might look at these things as humorous, but they were both using terms that they understood and that were close to their heart. This is where I want you to get it. Neither she nor he got upset with one another by what they said. But they didn't say the same thing. They didn't use the same terminology. One talked about washing down at the river, gold and jewels, eyes like doves. The other, fish pools and towers and pillars. You see, that doesn't sound real romantic to me, preacher. doesn't have to, it was to them. They spoke in terms that they both understood. She was not offended that he said her eyes were like his favorite fishing hole. Nor did he get upset with him calling her eye, his eyes like dove's eyes. I don't know if you've ever seen a dove sitting there. Their eyes are just <coughs> great when you're shooting them, amen? Boom. Now, uh, you have to understand... <laughs> When she was sitting there doing the laundry, she was thinking of him and talked about it. They accepted each other's expressions, even though it wasn't terminology that they themselves would use. This is the truth I want you to get tonight. This is amazing to me. Too many people in life only want to receive love and compliments the way they think. If people don't do back to me as I do to them, then it's not acceptable. Well, you live a pretty lousy life, and you're very unsatisfied in life. You live a pretty miserable, wretched life, and you probably hurt a lot of people's feelings because you don't accept what they give you. Somebody can walk through the door, a child can walk through the door like they did today and <laughs> hand me a weed flower. Preacher, I got you a flower. Thank you so much. And I would say, I love you too. Now, wait a minute. It's just a weed. It's okay, but that child was expressing love. I can accept it. Uh, a little two or three year old can color a picture. It's all one color. There's more outside the lines than inside the lines. But preacher, I got you a picture and I've got a desk drawer full of them. You say, why? Because it's an expression of love. Uh, you have to learn to accept what you get. And you'll enjoy love a whole lot more. You say, well, that's not what I would do. The whole world would be miserable if everybody was like you. Amen. You see, uh, some people are just hard to please. Did you ever have to deal with somebody that was virtually impossible to please? Now, don't use any names. My wife and I, honestly, and I, I don't mean this in a, in, a, in a bad or even an arrogant way, we really are not hard to please. 
My wife is the easiest person in the world to please. She, she has to be. She married me. <laughs> Let's face it. Good. Right? But honestly, uh, we, we, we don't live fancy. We don't live extravagant. We don't look for things. If you knew how we gave gifts to one another, you'd be shocked. You say, why? Because we just don't want things. We try to make the other person happy and life easier for them. Uh, if you limit your ability to accept love by how you give love, you're going to be very frustrated. I'm, I'm, I'm going to touch some tender spots here, but hang on. Uh, when you look at other people's expression of love with dissatisfaction and distaste and disdain, when you say, well, that's not what I wanted, that's not good enough. Nobody's going to express love to you very often. I accept all forms of it. You know, I'm not trying to be the, the top of the list on anybody's love list. I just want to be on the list. I don't have to be first on the list with anybody. I'd just like to be on the list for everybody. You see, it's either your way or the highway. And no wonder you're so grumpy all the time. No wonder you're so depressed all the time. No wonder you're so uh, upset that nobody sees life your way. Well, maybe you need to put a pair of glasses on and get your eyes fixed. Brother Hiles. Brother Hiles was the easiest man in the world to love and the hardest world person in the world to do anything for. So one day he told everybody he liked Reese peanut butter cups. That man ended up with stock in the Hershey Company, literally. He had thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of Reese peanut butter cups given to him every year. Not in his life, I mean every year. And I mean, there was Reese peanut butter cups everywhere. And when he would travel, he would throw them away by the, by the grocery bag full. He, there's no way one human could eat all those. But he accepted every one of them from every person as though it was the only one he ever got. My, my kids decided not to give him... He, he got into a kick a little bit later in his life, not rageous candy bars. So when I worked on staff there, my, my wife and my uh, two sons, Mindy wasn't born yet, and they would meet Brother Hiles outside his office when he would get there on Sunday mornings. After he would go to a meeting and come back, they were at the door. And they got to see Preacher for a couple minutes, and he'd talk to the boys and tassel their head and tease them a little bit here and there, and talked with my wife, and that was their time with Preacher every week. Then Mindy came along, and they would give Preacher a, a nutrageous candy bar. Mindy was born on a Wednesday. I was in church Wednesday night, and he announced it. He said, Brother Bush, what are you doing sitting on the platform? I said, it's church time. He said, your wife just had a baby. I said, she did. I didn't. I said, she's okay. <laughs> I said, I'm here. <laughs> I got fussed out in front of 5,000 people that night. It's all right. And uh, that next Sunday, she was in church. 
And I met, I was holding the baby at the door to meet Brother Hiles for the first time. And she was laying in my arms, and laying right on top of her was an outrageous candy bar. He said, oh, no, I ain't taking candy from a baby. I said, here you go. I said, by the way, she's got more hair than you do, preacher. And he slapped me upside the head. It was worth it. Now, wait a minute. That was a way for my kids to express their love to their preacher. And he accepted it. I remember one day he came in and there was a ton of stuff pushed under his door and he was running a little bit behind of what he normally would. And he said, hang on, hang on. I got to get this stuff picked up. And my son, Jeff said, it's okay, preacher. And he just picked up a hand load, just walked in the office and started setting stuff down. He said, hey, 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 get out of here. This is my office, not yours. He said, you don't run the place yet. (laughs) He was just joking with him. But that little boy, at the age of probably five or six when Brother Hiles died, three or four times we walked by that casket for him to see his preacher. He would just bury his head into my shoulder. It was getting time for the funeral to start. And he said, Daddy, can I go see preacher one more time? I said, you sure can, buddy. Everybody else was down, and I walked up, and security guards knew me and nodded. And I turned him around, and he said, I love you, preacher. A little five-year-old boy. He loved his preacher, and his preacher loved him. Why? A candy bar. That man accepted a candy bar from a kid. And that, that kid is now a 28-year-old sniper in the Air Force and still loves that man. Say why? Because he accepted his love. You see, some of you have been told, I love you, but you never received it. It wasn't given to you the way you wanted So you didn't accept it as I love you. Uh, And it's hurt you. And you're hurt because you don't think people love you. Well, it could be that you don't accept their love. Uh, (laughs) I could go on and on and on and on. Let me jump into the sermon. Number one. People praise or love by what they view as important in their taste. Not by what's important in your taste. There are some things in life I see much differently than my wife. There are some things she sees in life much differently than I do. And I've learned to say, yes, ma'am. No, we don't view it all together the same way. Hunting something I enjoy doing. She doesn't want to go sit out in the tree stand or in in a ground blind with me. I don't understand that. But she doesn't want to. Now, she doesn't want to butcher the deer. I don't mind doing that. Now, she'll wrap the meat, and she sure will cook it and eat it. But she doesn't want to do the other parts of it, and that's fine. We work together on it. I know what's important to me. There's things important to her, I'll be honest with you, aren't as important to me. But it's important to her. 
So I make sure that it is important to her and that she gets those things. This lady here in the Song of Solomon, she talked in terms she daily or regularly used that was important to her. Flowers, jewelry, the river, her favorite cooking spices, laundry. Did you know some of you complain about the things that you ought to be loving your spouse for instead of complaining about it? Well, you don't understand, preacher. Maybe you don't. This man talked in terms that related to work and enjoyment that he did. Ladies, if he says, you remind me of my 243, always popping off or whatever, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) It's better than a fish pool, amen, or your nose like a tower, (laughs) your breath like a skunk or whatever. But, uh, you know, he may speak in terms of tools or work or something else. But learn that that's his terminology of something that's close to his heart. You see, we need to look at the person loving and accept it. Do you know the way that many of you express love to me wouldn't be the way I would express it? But I'll accept it. You say, why? Because that's your way of saying I love you. And I love you enough to enjoy the love that was given behind it. Can I use everything No, but I still love it because I love the person. Does that make sense to everybody? You see, I can't tell you that I keep every colored picture from every child forever. But when one gives me one, I keep it for quite a while. You say, why? Because I want them to know that I love them. One of our children knitted a little doojigger, and it sits on my desk. It's probably been there a year and a half. I say, what's it for? It's where my coffee sits every day. Every time I put my coffee down, I think of that child and their expression of love. I say, but preacher, does it match? I don't give a flip. Somebody said, I love you, preacher. That's all that matters to me. Well, I just don't think, well, that's why you don't enjoy love like I do. You see, we need to understand some people holler. Amen in church. Amen. That's right. Some people will shout and raise their hands. I have no problem with that. There's some people that just sit there and laugh. There's some that smile. I love watching expressions on people's faces. I do. There's people in this room, you encourage me when I'm preaching. Brother Scott and Miss Jackie, man, I love watching them. It's like the light bulbs are going. And when I see Jackie's arm go. (laughs) Wait a minute. I, I, I love watching people's expressions. I really do. And you say, why is that? Because... You encourage me as I encourage you. And we encourage each other. And there's some of you, uh, 
I hate to tell you, when I start preaching hard and I want to get mad, I'll look at you. Some people smile, some people laugh, some holler amen, some wave their hand, some just sit there and cry. But at least I know they're loving God. Don't expect everybody to feel or express love the same way you do. I'm not afraid to say, well, glory. Now some of you, Mrs. I can never picture Mrs. Shoebridge doing that. <laughs> if you heard her above a whisper, she's upset. Amen? Now, wait a minute. There's nothing wrong with that. My wife's that way. You're not going to hear my wife raise her voice. I've been married to her 34 and a half years and have never heard her raise her voice. Ever. I mean, never. Including rearing three kids. You say, how does she do that? I don't know. I don't have that kind of track record. But I can tell you this. I love that about her. Her highs might not be up here, but her lows aren't down here. She's pretty steady. But realize not everybody's going to express it the way you do. Learn to accept people's expressions of love. By the way, when you do, maybe you'll learn how to love somebody else in a different way. Number two, learn to receive expressions of love that you would not normally give. Learn to receive expressions of love you would not normally give. Brother Steve came through the door the other day and gave my wife and I something. I'd never had it. That was him saying, Preacher, I love you. Now, would I go out and buy a bunch of that for everybody else? Probably not. I didn't even know it existed, to be honest with you. A few weeks ago, I was talking to Brother Cross, and he was talking about pawpaws, the fruit. And he said, I said, yeah, I've always wondered. He said, you've never had one? I said, no. He brought me a bag full of pawpaws. I said, oh, it's a redneck banana. Gotcha. It tastes like a banana. That's all it is. Got big seeds in it, let me tell you. Now, I don't know what it actually tasted like. My wife had to taste it, but it had the consistency of a banana. And she said, yeah, it's about like a banana. Now, wait a minute. I had never been around them before. He said, oh, yeah, we, we go crazy for these. I'm thinking, okay. I, I said, reminds me of that song you learned in grade school, down in the pawpaw patch, amen? And uh, that's what it was. And they're just little, all blonde, look like kind of a half-sized sweet tater. Uh, and uh, okay it's not what I would give but it was Brother Cross's way of saying preacher I love you and I loved it Uh, allow people to express love the way they're comfortable expressing not the way you would express learn to let people love you the way they're comfortable loving Not the way you're comfortable loving. Does that make sense to everybody? Don't make people feel bad or silly because how they express their love being different than the way you would express it. I hope people understand how much I really do love them. If you knew how many different ways I'm loved every day. (laughs) Uh, Miss Kathy will bring me black licorice jelly beans. 
man, I love those things. I can't taste them anymore. But uh, I still, I get a little bit of the hint of it for about the first two bites and then it's gone. But I still have them. Every once in a while she'll bring me a load of those things. Uh, I used to like Skittles. Oh, I used to love Skittles. When you can't taste anything, you give it up, amen? But uh, Skittles were an easy way for people to, to, to give something, even a child. Now, the Fruit Loops have the Skittles, amen? Man, I've had kids come up and give me a half-eaten sucker or candy bar. Preacher, I love you. Here's my... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Say, what'd you do when they left? Dink! <laughs> I accepted it, but I'm going to put it in my mouth. <laughs> or you get a half-eaten candy bar. Here you go, preacher. You can have the other half. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> it's okay. You can eat my half. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Just because you wouldn't give it doesn't mean you can't accept it. Just because you wouldn't do it that way doesn't mean you can't accept it. Learn to accept every expression of love. And I don't mean this, I'm going to say this, it's going to come out strong. And I hope it hits you right where it hurts. People shouldn't feel awkward giving you anything. People shouldn't feel awkward. (laughs) That's one neat thing about our, our blessing board. I've been in churches and my whole life and, oh, you gotta have a secret sister and you gotta have a sheet and you put down all your favorites and for the next 12 months you buy things off of that list and do things off that list that your secret sister's favorite things. I got away from that. <coughs> Say why? Some of you, you've gotten gifts on, on from, from the secret sister or from the blessing board. You'd have never thought that you'd ever liked or given, but you're glad you got it. It's not the way you would have done it, but after you went through it, now there's some things you hoped you gave it to somebody else that didn't give it to you. And I get that. (laughs) Re-gifting, amen? Wait a minute. But people should not feel awkward giving you anything. If people are afraid to give you something because you're not going to like it, you're exactly who I'm preaching to. <laughs> I don't I don't like Christmas lifts gifts. I'm not a big believer in make out a list of everything you want for Christmas. Say why? How about we learn to accept what people give as love? This isn't, this is what I want, and this is the only way that I can get what I want. I think we've trained generation after generation after generation that uh, me getting what I want is more important than me getting something and learning how to accept it. Maybe we ought to study somebody well enough to give them what we think they should want. 243 M.O. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Hunter Green. Uh, anyway, uh, learn number three to give people what they want. 
I'm going to make a statement here. Some people fish for compliments. I, I try to praise people. I do. But when people start fishing for it, it makes me upset. But every once in a while, if they catch a fish, they might quit fishing for it. There's a time and a place where people deserve praise and credit. But people that do things and then want everybody to know about it, you're losing your reward and don't know it. Study people and give them the kinds of things they want. (laughs) Okay, Brother Steve does not like the same things that Brother Scott does. But I know both of those men. I could just about tell you what both of them like. You say, why? Because I've studied them. Uh, And not everybody in here, Miss Chris doesn't like the things Brother Steve likes. Yeah. She likes sewing and all that kind of stuff. Brother Steve doesn't do well with a needle unless it's, uh, it just doesn't work right. Now, you give him a knife, he'll cut it open and gut it real quick, amen? She doesn't enjoy sitting in a tree stand killing deer. I just don't see how you can do it. Close one eye, look through the scope, breathe out, squeeze the trigger. Boom, it's over. Real quick, real easy, amen? <laughs> Oh, it's just so, oh, I don't, I, it doesn't matter whether you like it or not, they do. Now, wait a minute, nobody asked you to like it. But if they like it, maybe cater to it every once in a while. Uh, part of the love is finding what the person wants. Not asking them, learning them. Just because you ask somebody what they like and then you go out and get it doesn't mean you learned what they wanted. When you can do it without asking them, then you've hit the right note. Let me ask you a question. Do you know what God wants? When's the last time that you just got alone with God and said, God, I want to talk to you for a bit. I want to praise you for a little bit. God made you to praise him. God made you to worship him. God made you to love him. God made you to spend time with him. But I wonder how much of it's just you asking God for something instead of you giving God something. This morning early I told God, I said, God, I hope you have a good day today. I hope you're pleased with what we do here today. I think when I put my head on the pillow tonight, I'll say, God, I hope you enjoyed it half as much as I did. You say, why? Because I want him to get what he wants, not just me to get what I want. Number four, and I'll quit with this. Learn to simplify your tastes so more people can love you. Amen. You know, the simpler your taste, the more people can express their love to you. Uh, Please don't take this in an arrogant way. 
there are people sitting in this church and you've joined this church or you keep coming to this church because seven days a week you'll get a text from the preacher. Why? Because he's telling you he loves you in his way. You say, but that's different. Okay, but you've accepted it. And if I'm late, preacher, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm out hunting. Leave me alone. <laughs> I've been coming, going to my stand. Leave me alone for a minute. I'll get you. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, what, what is that? It's an expression of love. Uh, sometimes it's a phone call. If you only knew how many times somebody's missed church for a couple weeks and I'm thinking, okay, where are they at? I had just checked with Mrs. Barnes before the service tonight and said, haven't seen so-and-so. Well, we're okay. Everything's fine. And Devin and Crystal weren't here this morning. They had a funeral in Ohio. I knew they were out. And on and on. Say why? Because I love them. I care about them. Uh, sometimes it's a, a piece of candy. Somebody will give me something or... Uh, Try this jerky preacher. It's the point anymore. People want to give me food. Folks, I love food, but I can't taste it. It doesn't pay me to try your stuff because I can't taste it. Brother Aaron says, wasn't that stuff good yesterday morning? I'm thinking, I don't know. I put it down the pie hole, but I couldn't tell you what I put down the pie hole. My wife made food, and I still don't know what it tasted like. I know what it was, but it, it just doesn't do any good. Wait a minute. The more people who can express their love in an easy way, the more people can love you. If you put the standard up here where everything that they give you is hundreds and hundreds or thousands of dollars before you're happy, I hate to tell you something, very few people will love you. But a little Reese peanut butter cup everybody could afford. That man would walk down the hallway and come into his office with an armload of Reese peanut butter cups everywhere he went. I'm not kidding. I was showing Brother Anthony some pictures from many generations ago. <laughs> and I was showing him a picture and I saw Brother Hiles in that picture walking down the alley shaking hands with little boys and girls. So I'm laying on the platform with his feet and his arms up in the air and a microphone kicking his feet during vacation Bible school. <laughs> At 60 years old. I could go on and on and on and on. But he let everybody express love to him. And if you would learn to simplify your taste to where, preacher, okay, it's a dandelion. It's a weed. It's all right. That's a child saying, I thought I'm a preacher. I'll take it. You see, <laughs> keep on expressing your love whether people receive it or not. Amen. I'm not accountable for how you receive it. I'm accountable for giving it. But if you make your simple tastes known, people can reach that. It's very unfair and very boring if you only view love through your eyes. 
part of the fun of marriage is learning how the other person expresses love. She talked about laundry, jewels, milk, dove's eyes. He talked about fish pools, noses like towers, necks like uh, an ivory tower. Now, wait a minute. Say, but preacher, that's silly. But they understood one another. They did. They understood one another and they accepted what the other gave. The title of the sermon is Accept What You Get. Don't expect it, just accept it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I promise you, your life could be so much more fulfilled if you would live the truth that you heard tonight. Your life for God could be so much, you could enjoy God so much more. You could enjoy people so much more. You don't have to point out what you see as wrong, just accept it. Accept their expressions of love.